0: This program is brought to you by Babawaii Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. This program is brought to you by Babawaii Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Congregation in Lee's Summit, Missouri. In our homes, we often have a particular place that we habitually choose to sit. My husband has a recliner by the fireplace and I have a chair directly across from him. Both places have accommodating furniture nearby, a table that allows us to set our coffee or tea upon and shelves where we can keep our Bibles or other reading material, as well as lights, plug-ins for any devices we may need. I don't doubt that many of you ladies have the same setup in your homes as well. We have settled into these places. We've done so for so long that our kids and grandkids, pretty much everyone who comes to visit, seem to just know this. The little ones, and sometimes even the older ones, will often hear their grandpa coming up the stairs out of his office and say, Get out of grandpa's chair! It's kind of funny. But it's also sweet that they recognize that chosen place and make sure that it's ready for the owner to assume it. Ladies, I'd like for us to take just a few minutes to consider our place of rest and refreshing that we all look forward to one day. This lesson actually came from a sermon that was preached recently that made me stop and think about how many places we occupy as God's daughters. The sermon was designed to run the passage in Isaiah 66, 1, which reads, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, and and where is the place of my rest? In this sense, we see God as King. Our Heavenly Father describes heaven as his seat or throne which represents his authority over all heaven is the place where as king he holds his court from where he dispenses his commands and from where he surveys all of his works god dwells in the vast and distant heavens no house that could be built on earth would be magnificent enough to be his abode and no man is capable of building anything as glorious as god has And that, ladies, explains the latter part of this verse. Where is the house that ye build unto me? Is man even capable of building anything that could begin to compare with that which God has already established? The entire universe? Isn't that a ridiculous concept? Regarding this passage, we read in Isaiah 66.1, Barnes' notes stated the following. The earth is my footstool. A footstool is that which is placed under the feet when we sit. The idea here is that God was so glorious that even the earth itself could be regarded only as his footstool, as beautiful as it is in all of its glory. It is probable that the Savior had this passage in his eye in his declaration in the Sermon on the Mount, "'Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool.'" Matthew five thirty four through 35 As humans created by God, we are His greatest creation. The footstool of God, the earth, was specifically designed to suit His greatest creation and was filled with anything and everything that man could ever want or need. And we were placed upon this footstool to pay homage to the God of heaven. In Psalm 132, 7 we read, we will go into the tabernacles, we will worship at his footstool. And also in Psalm 89, 6-7. through seven. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. You know, as far as tabernacles of worship go, the most acceptable temple to God was a pious mind. Reverence, obedience, homage, all found in the seat of the heart of man. They are the most beautiful attributes of man, as far as our Heavenly Father is concerned. Looking back at that passage we just read together, we see that having complete respect for God in the assembly of His saints is the greatest blessing we can give our Father. The worship we offer must not be contaminated. It is a dedication of our hearts and minds toward the one and only omnipotent creator of the universe, without whom we would not even be here. Because of that, here's a few of the things that I've listed that I feel like we must have. We must come to Him in sincerity. God sees the heart and He knows who is truly seeking Him and desiring to please Him in obedience to His Word. We must come to Him reverently, realizing He is the Creator of the universe and the only One who is able to give us eternal life in the heavens with Him. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth, and understand that we must serve Him and Him only. We must be obedient to his gospel plan of salvation that he has given us in his holy word, for without that obedience, we have no access to the heavenly realm. And we must live our lives in such a way that we reflect his glory, not ours, but that our lives are so connected to him that others no longer see us, but see him through us. He alone deserves glory." All of these actions are expected by our Heavenly Father and His blessed Son, Jesus. Anything less is unacceptable. But lest we think that this is too difficult to achieve, let's look at a few scriptures that could be our guide. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all your might and lean not into your own understanding. Your Bible is your guide. It will give you the needed direction. Lamentations three twenty-one 21-25 This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh after him. Even when our Christian walk becomes difficult, we have words of comfort that will encourage us in our walk with him. Revelation 2.10 Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Even at the footstool of the God of heaven, we will have that same rest and a crown of life eternal. I would like to say, trust me, but better still, can we not trust him who said it? the God of heaven, heaven will be worth it all. Ladies, let us choose to sit at the footstool of God and learn of Him as we go through our lives obedient to His ways. I thank you for listening. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about BibleWay Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org.